I want you to turn to Daniel, the book of Daniel. Let's go to chapter 1. We went to chapter 6 last week. Daniel's over in the Old Testament. If you go to the big books after Psalms and Proverbs and head towards Matthew, you'll run into it along there somewhere. Daniel chapter 1. You know, last week I, I asked you the question and my title was, Do You Trust God? And I'm asking you that again as part 2, Do You Trust God? And as we go into this uh, message, and we remember a little bit about it, and I'm not going to turn there, but last week we talked about the story of Daniel in the lion's den. We talked about how Daniel had, had lived, and by the time he gets thrown in the, in the uh, lion's den, he's old. I mean, he's, he's elderly. I better be careful. He, he was somewhere in the... He was certainly gray-haired, all right? <laughs> but, but he was at a point in his life that he could have compromised... But he didn't. And it, and it said, if you'll remember, the king asked him, he says, will this God who you continually serve be able to protect you? That was one of the things we, we, we talked about last week. And if you didn't, didn't hear that, you can go back and watch that at another time. But Nebuchadnezzar, or the King Darius at the time, uh, Daniel served under four different kings. And during this time, he, he saw God do something that was amazing. See, see, God shut the mouths of the lions as Daniel went into that lion's den because he trusted God. But remember why he got thrown in there? He got thrown in there because the king had set a decree, was tricked into setting a decree that, that declared that if you pray to any other God other than, uh, or, or any, any God or any man other than the king... Darius at the time, that you got thrown in the lion's den. Well, Daniel said, you know what? I'm not changing. Well, it doesn't say he said that, but he demonstrated that. He didn't have to say it. He just did it. And he went on and he did. And it said he did as he had done before. He continued to pray. Now, he prayed specifically, Lord, help me. Lord, take care of this situation. But in that time of prayer, he was called on the carpet and he was thrown. He was, he was thrown into the lion's den. And, and when he went into the lion's den, God shut the mouths of the lions. So he did something great. And my, my challenge to you was, do you trust God? Now, I have the question today is, how can we dis, de, demonstrate trust in God like Daniel did? See, here was Daniel. He was, he was put in a position to be faced with something that was absolutely beyond anything he could do. Absolutely beyond what in the natural had any hope. But yet he trusted God and he didn't move. He wasn't changed. But see, it was, it was easy at 80 years old or 75 years old, however old Daniel was, it was easy for him to hold to what he'd always done because it was established way back when he was young. So I want to go back and I want to look at chapter 1 and we're going to look at some of the example of what Daniel, how Daniel demonstrated his trust in God. Now, what happened was Judah got overtaken by the Babylonians. And so they're in exile or they're in, they're in captivity. And what happened, the king of the Babylonian king came and, and he said, I want the best of the best. And so let's jump in here in verse 4. He said, this is what I want you to go look for. Well, verse 3. The king ordered Ashpenaz, chief of his court officials, to bring into the king's service some of the Israelites from the royal family and nobility. 
Young men without any physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, qualified to serve in the king's palace. And he was to teach them the language, the literature of the Babylonians. And the king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years. After that, they were to enter the king's service. So these, this king decided, I'm going to take the best that Israel's got, the best of my captives, and I'm going, to, I'm going to bring them in, and I'm going to take care of them, I'm going to treat them well, and I'm going to train them, and I'm going to educate them into the things that, uh, that makes them Babylonians, good Babylonians. I, I want them to become what we are. Now... They were young at the time, all these men, and, and we'll, you'll remember some of the others in verse 6 here. It says, Among those who were chosen were some from Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. The chief official gave them new names. To Daniel he gave Belshazzar, to Hananiah, Shadrach, to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. So y'all have heard of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You've heard of uh, uh, Daniel. But see, they, they changed their name from a Hebrew name into a uh, Babylonian name. But Daniel, look at verse 8. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself from the royal food, with the royal food and wine. And he asked the chief official for permission to, to not defile himself in this way. Now, God had caused the official to show favor and compassion to Daniel. Now, now that's something of note of value. When we commit to trust God, God will put, cause favor to be in our lives. I've seen this. I remember one time I was, we, we were serving God. We, we'd left a church in Arkansas and we'd moved to Tulsa. And, and uh, it, it was a, an interesting transition, to say the least, in our, in our ministry. And this was, we had our... Uh, through just the three oldest kids and and uh, our our youngest son was not very old and and maybe two at the time and our, our our only son I should say the youngest of those three kids was about two at the time and 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 I tried to find a place that was safe and and I felt comfortable in in Tulsa and and the rent was twice at least what our house payment had been back in Arkansas when we moved there. And I went in going into ministry and we had we had we were just going to travel and I was going to travel and minister. And I'd been on staff, full-time staff in a in a large church over there for the last four years. And so we 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 were, I mean there was always more week at the end of the uh, money and there was always more month at the end of money. And Sue was like, look, we get we gotta have we got to have some more money here. I said, I'm praying. You know, and I'd go, and I remember we, we went, and I was preaching wherever I, a door opened up, and, and a door opened, and we drove over to uh, Muskogee from Tulsa. And we had, we had our old Suburban, and we loaded it up, and we filled it up with gas, and, and we drove the three kids over there, and I preached. And, and they, they, after, after we got done, uh, you know, they, they gave me a check bill for $35. And this wasn't back in 1957. This was in 19, it's been in 2000. So just 20 years ago. Now, they gave me that check after preaching to them, for them, or, you know, in this church. And, and but, but then we, they said, well, you want to go out to lunch? And I said, sure, we'll go out to lunch. We went to Pizza, uh, Mazio's or somewhere like that, you know, went out to eat. And I had my three kids and I thought, well, you know, at least we'll get lunch. We got done with lunch and they all got up, walked out. 
I was thinking, dear Lord Jesus, okay? Now, see, my, but my decision was that we were going to trust God. My, my, our faith, Sue and I's faith, was we were going to trust God. And listen, this was stretching our faith. Well, at that time, I, I went to, uh, I, I, went, I was going through the, 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 the uh, help wanted uh, parts of the, of the paper, and I was, I was checking out jobs. Well, I'd taken this sales position, and, and I was doing food sales, and I was, I was, man, I was doing good. I mean, man, we just, I was selling like crazy. And then come find out that the, the company was, was, wasn't credible. And so I'm selling stuff. That wasn't, they weren't delivering and they weren't doing it. And I'm thinking, oh, great. Now I'm going to these people, I'm getting these checks, and, and this, is, this is dishonest. And so, so here I am. And, and so I started going in f- fulfilling. I was like four days from getting my paycheck. Well, I wasn't going to say anything, but I wasn't going to sell anything. And so I'd go in and I'd talk them out of buying anything. I'd, I'd go in, they'd say, man, this, I remember one, one lady, she was determined she was going to buy this stuff. And I said, well, really, you know, you know, it's basically, I was, I was like, you don't want, I, I mean, I had to do everything I could. So anyway, I got through that and I went to this, another job offer and I walked in here to be a, an assistant mechanic at Mill Creek Lumber. And, and, uh, they had 200, uh, uh different vehicles and, and I was going to work from, Monday through Friday at, at Mill Creek Lumber as an assistant mechanic. This is, this is a great job, man. I could just go tear into stuff and knew I had a professional to help me if I couldn't get it put back together. And so I'd done a lot of stuff on the farm. I could handle this job. But I walked into that interview, and the, the pay was $7.50 an hour. I think that was minimum wage. And that wouldn't come near it, but it helped. But you know what I needed was 10 Now, it said on the ad... Come in, get this job for $7 and $7.5 an hour. And, but when I filled out the application, it said, what do you expect to be paid? Y'all ever had an application like that? I had an application like that. I'd never filled out an application in my life. I was a farm boy. I always had a job. I was working all the time or in ministry and as a church, whatever. I'd never filled out an application like this. But I, I started to put $7.50 an hour because that's what the ad said. And that's what I thought it was worth. And I thought, well, I hope I'm worth that. But I had a thought. Write 10. Well, I wrote $10 down an hour. Now, in 2000, that's pretty good pay. And especially for a farm boy that really hadn't mechanic a whole lot, you know. But I talked to the guy a little bit and, and he gave me favor. That's why I go to that story. See, favor with God. He, he gave me favor with Him. Well, so they said, okay, you're hired. I think I met them on Friday. And they, they said, come in Monday morning, you'll start. And I said, okay, great. And, and I, I got home and I said, told Sue, I said, got a job. She said, great. How much are you making? You know, that's all the wife's first, first question is. Not what are you doing is, what are you making? Especially when you got three babies to feed. And, and she says, I said, I don't know. She goes, now this is, I'm, I'm just a country boy that, I mean, I just always had a job and it was taken care of. I didn't know what you're supposed to, I didn't know about these packages or, and benefits and all this stuff. And, and all I knew is I was getting a paycheck. And she said, well, what are you getting paid? And I said, I don't know. But I said, I wrote down $10 an hour. Well, I got there and we went, I worked through the week. And sure enough, they are paying me $10 an hour. Well, see, that's the favor of God. And you know, that gave us just enough to get by every week. We'd have some, some church, something open up, and I'd go preach, 
And whatever, it, whatever we needed would come in, in the, during that time. It was such a, a, a faith time. Now, soon I started living like this from, from really from day one. But we committed that we were going to trust God. We committed we were going to follow God. And we committed that we were going to do things God's way. And that's really what's happening right here is Daniel made a decision. See, he could have said, well, you know, it's, it's pretty good. This, this king's table stuff, the meal that comes from them is really good. But see, here's what it would have been as a compromise. See, I ask you the question of how do we live and demonstrate trust as Daniel did, or how do we develop the kind of faith that Daniel developed so that when he was 70 and thrown in the, or 80, thrown in the lion's den, he could walk through there without, without effect and without failure and without compromise and without fear and without worry. And he overcame the lion's den was because he began back here when he was 20. And you say, well, I'm already past that. Well, the point isn't to begin when you're 20. The point is to begin. At some point, we got to say, God, I'm committed to you. I'm going to do it your way. I'm going to trust you. Just like when I moved my family to that place that was twice what my rent was and I had no secure income, but I trusted God because we'd lived already for about 10 years trusting God. We'd already gone and made those moves and made those changes when we didn't know what that salary was. That wasn't the first time I'd showed up at a, at a job and not really known the, the couple of ministry positions. We didn't really know what we were going to make and we trusted God. And so uh, he made that decision. He said, I'm not going to de defile myself. But notice in verse 8, it says, but Daniel resolved. That word resolved, it means, to, uh, it means to make a definite, firm decision. I, I'm, 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 I've decided. It was a quality decision. It was one that said, I'm not moving, I'm not changing. I'm not going to shift because the world says that I need to shift. I'm not going to shift because it gets difficult. I'm not going to doubt because of, of any other thing. I'm going to stand and I'm going to make that quality decision. He determined that he would not defile himself. He would not allow his environment to assimilate him into a life that separated him from God. You know, I think the world that we live in really spends a lot of time trying to assimilate us into the worldview instead of standing on what the Word of God says. There is a huge challenge in, 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 out here for us as Christians and for the young people that are in, in the world today. From Really, from 30 down, there is such an onslaught. I mean, it's for all of us. But there's such an onslaught of, of, of things that, are, that we're consumed with in the world that challenge our faith and, and what we stand on and where we stand. See, <clears throat> he goes on here in verse 10, he says, But the official told Daniel, I'm afraid, for my, for, for, uh, afraid of my Lord the King who has assigned your food and drink. Why, you should, why, why should he see you looking worse than the other young men of your age? The King would have my head because of you. Daniel then said to the guard whom the chief official had appointed over Daniel, uh, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And he said, Please test your servants for ten days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then compare our appearance with the young men who eat the royal food and treat your servants in accordance with what you see. So he agreed to do the test for ten days. 
At the end of the ten days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. So the guard took away their choice food and wine, and they were to drink and gave them vegetables instead, or were they, that they were to drink. So we all need to become vegetarians. No. Huh, says the farmer. Yeah, says the cattleman. No, that's not what that's saying. All right, it wasn't the fact that he was rejecting the meat and wine. It was the fact that he said to God, I'm going to trust you to make provision for me in a way that the king says, that then his reliance and his sufficiency and his supply wasn't what the king could provide. The man could provide. The, this, this meat could survive. I mean, provide. See, this is the way we ought to approach our, in our faith and our trust in God. Where our finances are concerned, we need to realize that a, that a paycheck is not your source. Your Social Security, your, your, your paycheck from your job, your uh, inheritance, your, all those things are not your source. They are a way that God provides for you. But make sure God is your supply because what happens if some of that's cut off? You ever lose a job? You ever have income change? You ever have a 401k go to a 201k? Hello. That kind of fits timely, huh? You know, you, you ever had things in the natural you begin to look at? Well, well what, about, what about relationships that dry up or, or, or connections with people or, or resources? I mean, I was talking to a person uh, yesterday that, that they said, you know what, I may be looking for a job. There was a situation at work they didn't realize and they didn't perform well and it, was a, uh, it could be an issue. She was kind of joking, but it, it, it could have been a real deal. Well, see, if your source and your whole confidence is lined up in and, and is in that, then those things can falter. But I want to be in, able to trust God. What about other things? These are the things that we want to develop into that we can have a faith and a trust in God, but it, it takes us making, being resolved to do it. We've got to make that firm, that quality decision to say, God, I'm going with you. You know, what's that song? Uh, Though none go with me, still I will follow. You know, uh, world behind me, cross before me. All of those things. We've got to make that commitment, that decision. Now, I want to go on here just a little bit. Uh, it says in verse 17, Then these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning, and Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. And at the end of the, of the time set by the king to bring them into his service, the chief official presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. And the king talked with them, and he found none equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the king's service. Every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters of his whole kingdom. And Daniel remained there until the first king of King Cyprus. So, uh, Cyrus. And so uh, they, they, they began to uh, be blessed and God see great things in their life. But let me, let me help us understand what was going on 
in that verse 4 down to that verse 7 when that king set those things into motion. I'm going to read out of my commentary. It said, The Babylonians were trying to change the thinking of these Jews by giving them Babylonian education. Came in there with that education that took them away from the way God said, the things that God said. It, it, it began to affect them in a way of, of their thinking. And so we began to change their thinking to think more like the Babylonians. He began, he, he was affecting their loyalty by changing their names. Uh, I've got down here somewhere the, the, the difference in the meanings of these names. Let me read this. Uh, Belshazzar, well, Daniel meant God is my judge in Hebrew. But his name was changed to Belshazzar, which means Bel protects me. That's their God. It's the God of the Babylonians. Nice little change. Uh, it says uh, that Hananiah means the Lord shows grace. But his new name meant was Shadrach. And it meant under the commandment of Aku, which is their moon god. Mishael means who is like God. And his new name was Meshach, which meant who is like Akau, meaning the moon god again. And Azariah meant Lord helps, the Lord helps, meaning that was his Hebrew name. But Abednego means a servant of Nebo, which is another one of their gods of learning and writing. So the king was attempting to change their religious loyalties by changing their names. So he was affecting them that way. And then their lifestyle by changing their diet. Without compromise, Daniel found a way to live by God's standards in a culture that did not honor God, wisely choosing to negotiate rather than rebel. Daniel suggested an experiment, 10-day diet of vegetables and water instead of the royal foods of wine uh, uh, royal foods and wine that the king offered. Without co compromising, Daniel quickly Thought, uh, thought of a practical, creative solution that saved his life and the lives of his companions. As God's people, we may adjust to our culture as long as we don't compromise God's laws. You know, it's real important that we begin to look at the things out there in our world that are trying to change our thinking, trying to affect how we see things. Uh, and, and listen, it's not just the things in our culture and our world, but how many times within, with, even within church are we more worried about... I, I see some ministries and, and churches that are more worried about what another preacher's saying or doing than just preaching the Word of God. Let's just focus on what the Word of God says and what we're called to do. Now, so... How do we learn to trust God? I, I have a question for you. How, how do you receive spiritual blessings and get miracle results from a spiritual God without complete faith in Him? You know, you can't physically see God, but, but we believe that He is. The, the, the whole approach, everything that we, every interaction that we have with God is, is through faith. We read His Word, and, and that's why I tell people it's so important to, to have your Bible and to read your Bible is because you, when you read that Word, it'll begin to speak to you. You'll begin to see different things as it speaks to you. Uh, let's turn to, uh, let's, let's learn, let's turn to uh, John chapter 7. And I'm gonna, I won't be able to get into this real long, but I just want to introduce this thought. I hope I make you think. Am I making you think? 
See, the challenge to us is, is that we, we look at uh, the things of God and we ask ourselves those simple, those, those questions. Uh, how do we interact with this God in, in, a, in an approach of faith? How do I make that, that uh, change and that declaration? You know, one of the things that Daniel did when he made that resolution, it was a faith resolution. He said, I'm putting my faith in a God that, that has resources that man can't provide and I won't allow them to be my provision. I'm going to trust God. So in, in, in John chapter 7 though, I, I want us to look at this and uh, in verse 32, the Pharisees heard the crowd whispering such things about him. And then the chief priests and the Pharisees sent temple guards to arrest him. Jesus said, I am, I am with you for only a short time, and then I am going to the one who sent me. You will look for me, but you will not find me, and where I am, you cannot come, or where I'm going to be, in other words, you cannot come. Jews said to one another, where does this man intend to go that we cannot find him? Will he go where our people live scattered among the Greeks and teach the Greeks? What did he mean when he said, you, you will look for me, but you will not find me, and where, am, where I am, you cannot come? On the last of the great day of the festival, Jesus stood and He said with a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to Me and drink. Whoever believes in Me, as the Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from Him or within Him. But this, but this He meant, by this He meant, that the Spirit whom those would receive when they believed in Him the, the Holy Spirit that they would later receive when they, after believing in Him. Up to, the t up to that time, the Spirit had not been given, so Jesus had not been glorified. Now, I, I want you to, to realize Jesus is standing in a, in, a, in a crowd of people. And He's in the temple. There's a whole bunch of Jews. There's all of these people. He's standing here. And He's, he's sharing this truth. Now, verse 40, it says... On hearing His words, some of the people said, Surely this man is a, is a prophet, the prophet. Others said He is the Messiah. Still others asked, Can, you, can this be the Messiah? Can the Messiah come from Galilee? Now let me just close this up with this. There's three types of people here. When I ask the question, can I entrust my life to God? Can I follow God? Can I have the faith that Daniel had? Can I not be influenced by the things of this world and stand in the midst of all the things that are going on in our world? We've got to ask ourselves, which one of these people are we? See, that first person said, well, surely this man's a prophet. They were just kind of indifferent. They, they just kind of said, yeah, that sounds pretty good. Sounds pretty reasonable. He's probably a prophet. But then the next group of people, they heard what he said and they believed. They heard what, they, what he said and they received. But then that last set of people said, how can the, how can the Messiah come from Galilee? They heard and wanted to believe, but they reasoned it away. See, where faith is concerned, like Daniel, we've got to make that quality decision, first of all, to believe that God is. 
First of all, believe that He is the source of salvation, that He is the one that provides, that He is the one that will supply not only eternal life, but help in life now today. See, intelligence caused the middle bunch, or the last bunch, to begin to reason. They began to say, well, it sounds pretty good, but how can this be? Sounds pretty good, but how can this happen? See, how many times do, do we hear the gospel? Do we hear a provision of God? Do we hear about uh, prayer working? Do we hear about uh, even salvation and yet reason it away? If we can get to that place that we can believe and that we can receive, if we get to that place, we know that we can be not the first bunch that's indifferent, not the last bunch that reasons away, but the bunch in the middle who said yes to the Lord Jesus Christ. So let me just close with this, ask you the question, can you commit to God? Can you believe in the Lord? Or will you reason Christ away? Will you reason away even His provision where prayer is concerned, where believing Him is concerned? you got a big challenge coming up. You got a big doctor's report, a big test, a big surgery, a, a, a big financial issue, a big uh, m many different types of things that would compare to, or feel like you were going into the lion's den, or you're facing the the flood. Can we be one that will will trust God and not be be moved? It's not a condemnation. It's just a challenge to us. Where's my faith? See, I want to resolve that God. I'm going to stay with you. God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with what you say. As these guys get ready to come back, we're, we're going we're gonna to pray together. And I want to pray that you make a decision today that you're going to resolve to be like Daniel. That you're not going to allow the, the things of the world to pull you away. And if you've met, never made Jesus Christ Lord of your life, I'm going to believe God with you that you have the opportunity to... To, or, or take the opportunity to make Jesus Lord. So let's, let's just bow our heads together and pray. Father, we just come before you tonight. And, and Lord, we just love you and we thank you for what you've done and what you're doing. Lord, what you're going to do in our lives. But, but Lord, first of all, we just come before you and, and we thank you that, that you are a God who never leaves us nor forsakes us. The Father God, that, that when we commit to follow you, if we'll hold to that, that stand, that you'll continue to be at work in our life and, and you'll cause favor to be, be ours, that you'll cause a, a provision to come and supply to come and, and, and re restoration and recovery to come from physical conditions, that Lord God, you'll, you'll cause us to be in the right place at the right time, not the wrong place at the wrong time. And Father, I just ask that tonight you just enable us to, to hear and to receive the, the, the challenge before us that will not be assimilated by, into a worldview, but will stick with the, the gospel of Jesus Christ and, and the promises of your word. Now, Father, if there's anybody within the sound of my voice who's not made Jesus Christ Lord of their life or they're not certain that they've committed that life, their life to him, to you, Lord, I pray that you draw them by your Holy Spirit. I pray that you'd just uh, put that burning desire in their heart to, to know more about you and that you'd, you'd stir them so much that they'd either meet me up in the prayer room or, or contact me 
or contact someone they're with. Father, we just ask that you just continue to lead God and direct us into the truth of your word. We thank you, Father, that you make some provision for us and we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen.